Okay, let's come back together. I hope you've been having some good chats about uh, maybe times when you didn't throw your brother or sister into a pit, but maybe uh, something um, of semi-equivalent, something that you're not proud of and maybe brought a sense of shame. Uh, a sense of shame. Now, before um, we had that little chat, we heard from Reuben, didn't we? Reuben, who was the oldest brother and still is, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, Joseph. And uh, let's catch up now with the other side of the story, with what was going on with Joseph, a different perspective from Reuben's. Because in Egypt, Joseph had good and bad times. He spent time as a slave, he spent time in a prison dungeon, and then in a king's palace. But wherever Joseph was... This dream that he had when he was a 17-year-old boy remains at the foremost of his thoughts. He remembered this vision of him becoming incredibly powerful and how his brothers would bow down to him and how they would come in dependence to him. This vision of the future kind of sustained Joseph He might not have known how it was going to play out, but it sustained him in all the situations of his life and it enabled him to do his best wherever he found himself for God. Now, you, like I, have one up on Joseph Brothers at this moment in the story because we know that the governor of of, uh, Egypt was actually Joseph. If that's a surprise, then uh, I hope it feels like it right now. But, um, but uh, we probably know that already. So the governor of Egypt was Joseph, Reuben's long-lost brother. The one whom Reuben and the rest of his brothers had cruelly uh, sold into slavery and left into debt all those years ago. Now Joseph immediately recognised his brothers when they came and bowed down to him, didn't he? But because he was dressed in all these powerful royal clothes, they didn't recognise him. He, of course, was well-fed and was of good stature, and we know that from the story before. But can you imagine what it must have felt like for Joseph, after 22 years, to see his brothers again in such a state, starving, and the family's uh, fate in Canaan depended on how he was going to respond For 22 years, Joseph had been holding on to this dream. And now, God was working his purposes out. Joseph needs to work out what he's going to do, doesn't he? Should he treat his brothers like they had treated him? He had every right to reject them and say, go back to Canaan. Remember how you looked after me. But no, he, he thinks I'm going to test them. I'm going to find out if they truly have learned their lesson, if they're sorry for the things that they once did. Joseph needs to know if his older brothers have changed. He needs to work out if he can forgive them. Can he show them kindness instead? And so, Joseph sets his brothers a test. He begins by saying, one of them can go back. But then out of kindness, he says, you know, most of you can go back, and one's going to remain here. 
And the test he lays, isn't it interesting when we think about the details? Benjamin had superseded Joseph as the father's favorite son. Benjamin, just like Joseph, was the one born to Jacob's favorite wife, Rachel. So it's no wonder that Jacob didn't want to release him. Jacob had learned from past experience what happens if he sends a brother, uh, a son like Joseph out in front of the brothers. This time, how would the brothers respond? Will the brothers prove to be honest men and be able to look after Benjamin safely? So remember that Reuben and his brothers didn't know that it was Joseph who was the governor of Egypt. It was Joseph whose hands they were in, who had the power of life or death over them. And the brothers stand helpless before Joseph. And they remember all the bad and cruel things they do. That's why it is interesting when we get to the place where Joseph begins to tease this idea of forgiveness out. He responds to the brothers with a kindness that they simply didn't deserve. Joseph cries tears of compassion and he, tears, he turns his face from them. And then when he turns back, his eyes are, uh, Joseph's eyes are bloodshot in the story and they can sense he's been crying tears. And he provides his brothers with enough food, not just for the family, but for the journey ahead of them. And then he gives them back the silver coins, a kindness and a generosity that even they didn't believe they deserved and they thought it must be a mistake. And it made Jacob and the brothers very worried. It made them squirm a bit. There must have been a mistake. So what can this story teach us tonight? Well, just as Joseph's brothers stood before him and began to realise the horror of what they'd done in the past, even though they didn't recognise Joseph. That situation of being powerless and helpless made them think about how Joseph must have felt. Well, when we stand before Jesus, if we're honest, we're, our lives are in his hands. We are helpless and powerless before him. We depend on him to judge, to judge us. How will Jesus respond to us? Well, Jesus asks us to say sorry. To say sorry for the wrong things that we do. A lot of Christianity today, if I'm honest, we seem to have come to this place where, I don't know if you know the, the thank you, sorry, please prayer. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for coming to earth in Jesus. Sorry for the things I've done, please. Will you help guide me in the future? We miss out that sorry step. We say, thank you for coming to earth in Jesus. Please, will you do this for me? But we've lost what it means to say sorry to God. And therefore, we carry burdens around with us that we needn't do. This pain that comes up inside and it, it comes out at times we might not want it. And it feels like a burden and weight that we carry. Followers of Jesus learn to say sorry to God for the bad things that we do. And as we come to God in Jesus, we find he is far kinder than we deserve. That's why he came and died on the cross. To save us when we couldn't pay the fee ourselves. A Christian knows that when Jesus died on the, mistake, uh, on the cross, it wasn't a mistake. We might not feel that we deserve it. 
but Jesus did it to release us from our sin because he loves us. So the test is how are we going to respond to this amazing kindness of God, what the Bible calls grace. And we're going to watch a clip now of Les Miserables to help us think about what this means. Let's watch this now. So how do we feel if our lives have been bought at a price? Well, in today's Bible story, we've uh, been seeing how Reuben and his brothers came to the governor of Egypt, starving and begging for food, not realising it was their brother Joseph whose hands they were in. But as Joseph's brothers began to recognise their helplessness before the governor of Egypt, they began to remember the bad things that they'd done in their past. Meanwhile, Joseph wanted to know if his brothers uh, were sorry for the things that they'd previously done. And we also saw how Joseph, even though he had every right to send his brothers away, started to think about this vision that God had given him in a dream. And he started that journey of learning to forgive and what it means to show kindness from God. Much more than they ever deserved, just as Jean Valjean received. And this was a kindness that Joseph's brothers simply couldn't understand because they'd never experienced such kindness in their own lives before. They thought, surely it must be a mistake. Then we saw how this story of Joseph and Reuben and his brothers points forward to what Jesus has done for us on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross to take our sin on himself, he revealed the amazing kindness of God for us, much more than we ever deserve. Therefore, as we stand before Jesus, we must be honest and we must say sorry and admit the bad things that we've done. When we say sorry to God, something very significant happens. It opens the door to that forgiveness that Jesus has revealed and shown. And our relationship with God the Father in Christ through the Holy Spirit is restored. Now it may be that you look at your life and you think, actually the cross might be alright for other people, but God doesn't know what I've done. Surely he's made a mistake in wanting to forgive me. I can assure you that that's not the case. Just as Joseph demonstrated a kindness to his brothers that they didn't deserve, the same is true for us as we stand before Jesus. Jesus did more than we can ever ask and imagine for each one of us, whatever place we find ourselves with God. So what we're going to do, we're going to go on a bit of an individual journey now to begin with. And uh, let me tell you how it's going to work. Uh, I'm going to give you some time in a moment just to think quietly, what is that I should be saying sorry to God for? It could be something significant, or it can be something that's minor, but it's an important principle to learn how to say sorry for the big things and small things that we do, where we basically reject God, and it's as if we throw him down a pit. And then uh, I'm going to ask you to walk forward in pairs, one from each side, uh, as and when you feel led, come to the cross, just stand here and say that thing that you've been thinking about silently in your hearts and say, Lord, I'm sorry for that. 
having said sorry, we're going to experience what it means to uh, receive a token of the kindness of God because we're going to have Emily and uh, Richard and they're going to be either side of the two pillars. And what you're going to get as you say sorry after that is you're going to pass by and they're going to give you a silver chocolate coin. <laughs> okay? Uh, it's a token. It's not the full, full amount of God's love, but it's there to symbolize this kindness of God, this receipt that we get uh, for something we don't deserve. Okay? And then just like communion, you'll pass around the pillars and then go back to your seats. And maybe uh, the time uh, to eat them is when we're back at our seats. After that, uh, we'll be a bit of a corporate confession that Jamie will lead, and then we'll go straight into a, a wonderful time of worship where we can really uh, own all that we've thought about tonight for ourselves. So uh, if I can ask the band to uh, go up, Jamie and I are going to be the first to uh, um, say sorry. But first, just have some time to, um, to think about those things that you want to say sorry for.